0: <laughs> Welcome back to Who the Hells Is For. Today we are talking John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. I uh, Well, we won't get into it quite yet. We don't want to give it away. You'll find out how we feel about this movie. But before we do discuss uh, 1987's Prince of Darkness, I have a mea culpa and a uh, formal apology, you guys.
1: (laughs) Get out the (laughs) notes app for this one. This
0: is the part of the show where I tell you guys to donate to um, local black organizations and local trans organizations. Specifically, what I had thought was a local trans organization, Transform KC. Turns out, I had been telling you to donate to a project dedicated to railway transit. So, my bad. The organization you are looking for is Transformations KC, a local uh, initiative for gender expansive and transgender youth in the Kansas City area. Not Transform KC, which is dedicated to trains. I am so sorry.
2: <laughs> Believe it or not, their slogan is uh Get on the train of supporting trans lives.
1: <laughs> a, re- a lot of synergy there. A lot of brand cohesiveness. <clears throat> Welcome to the big time train boys podcast. Love to Choo talk chew.
0: about trains. Choo, chew.
1: So this <laughs> is our train episode. <laughs>
0: yeah. In a sense, it is. Satan kind of. You know what? Never mind. Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But before we talk about 1987's Prince of Darkness... Uh, what have you guys been doing lately? And I am putting down a uh, quick quick caveat, uh, since both Riley and I have been essentially doing at least one movie a night this month. Uh, just one high note, one low note for movies we've watched recently, Riley.
1: Ooh. All right,
2: I'll kick us off here. Give me a second. Let me bring up my list here. Um, oh, man, the, the high note is really tough, because I have two that I really want to pick between. Um. I'm gonna go with the one that was most fun for me. The high note for me was Reanimator, yeah, a movie I had not seen before. Um, tons of just terrific sci-fi gore. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Herbert West is one of a kind. He truly um, is. A movie. What did I rate this movie? What? Oh, okay, never mind. Um, I was <laughs> that never a,
0: mind. It's not a high point. Yeah, what? Well, <laughs> But like the letterbox JK, thing says, you
2: logged this, it said you logged this film at three stars. I'm like, that's not right. And I put it at four and a half. Cause that's a solid, it was a solid nine for me. I, um, I love reanimating. It is so much fun. Um, and then let's see low notes, low notes. Ah, yes. Uh, a low note we have torn apart before, uh, that would be the movie Halloween town.
1: Oh boy. Uh, Halloween is cool.
2: Yeah, you have little soapy there, and the soapy, the the notorious ghost racist. racist. Uh, Yeah, movie (laughs) surprisingly was not better this time.
0: Hell yeah! All right, but that's yeah, that's it for so far for me this month. So my high point has probably been, you know, I. Nothing new I've watched has really, like, blown me away, but I do want to shout out, I have uh, started, I finally dove into the Cult of Thorn sequels uh, in the Halloween series, and I actually really dug them. I had a great time with them. And kind of in the same note, uh, really thematic for this episode and both discussing the Halloween franchise, my low note, unfortunately, I never thought I'd have to say it, but my low note was a John Carpenter flick. Which I watched last night, and it's called *The Ward*. John Carpenter came out of retirement to direct this one in 2010, and it is garbage.
1: I don't even. What's it about?
0: Uh, Well, Amber Heard. So first Uh, off, there's a solid start. There's an issue. (laughs) Very Uh, 2010. Amber Heard uh, burns down a house and goes to a mental hospital, and uh, you know, blames it on someone else. Well, she does never... (laughs) Oh, 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 no, no, that took me a sec. (laughs) Anyway, um, I couldn't even get mad about, like, the depiction of mental health in this movie because the movie itself was just so bad. Uh, Carpenter isn't doing music. Carpenter didn't write it. So what, I guess, what was the point of bringing
2: John onto the movie? I don't know. If he's not uh, doing the music or writing
0: it. He I mean, just directed I guess, I guess, it.
2: what was his motivation to direct it?
0: Uh checks. I mean Yeah, checks. Uh how were the Lakers doing in 2010? Did he just need something to occupy his time? <laughs> uh no, that's Kobe won that year. They won the final. Yeah then in what the hell are you doing, John? You have so much. Maybe he more. was on a high.
2: He's just yeah. like, fuck it, I'll do it.
1: He's like, I can do anything. If Kobe can do it, I
0: can do it. <laughs> but yeah, and it um so if For whatever reason, you don't want spoilers for John Carpenter's The Ward. Skip ahead about 30 seconds. Uh, So it does the Fight Club thing. And Uh, she's in this mental hospital with a group of other women. Guess what? They're all parts of her fractured personality. And the ghost is the real person. And it's all bad. And all the personalities are being killed. And, like, you see it coming from a 1,000 miles away. (laughs) It's just mm. awful. It's yeah. I'm sorry, John, but come on, man.
1: That's rough. Yeah, Jeff. What about you? So I don't necessarily have a low point. We we hit spooky season in full effect in September, and actually have slowed down quite a bit in October. Um, so I ended up watching The Ritual um, on Netflix, um, which I really really liked. That was my hope uh, high point. Um, and I don't want to ruin it for you, but yeah. it has one of my favorite um, horror elements. I'll just say that. That's probably not ruining it. Um, but I love a good like Nordic folk horror movie, um, um, and so I think that it has something for everyone. It's a little bit gnarly. It's got a fairly good like traumatic backstory. That kind of goes with it so like it sounds like i'm describing Midsummer, but they're very very different um there's just a couple story elements that are the same um probably one of my favorites i've watched all year um which i've seen a lot of stuff this year so i was really
0: high on that one when it first came out
2: i'm a i'm really looking forward to it i think we have that looking at my list i think we have that next week so
1: it's good man i i really liked it i still i think it's like a good well I don't know if my wife would have liked it or not, but I watched I it I think all it she itself. would have
0: been in for it. There I are think, some
1: elements that were pretty gory, but overall yeah, it's,
0: it's pretty good. I do forget that because it's been a... I only watched it the one time. I need to revisit it. Right. I think that would make a really good pairing with Apostle that's on Netflix. Also a Netflix original uh, starring Dan Stevens. Also very, very culty. And it rules. But that's I'll a long that one that's a long double feature.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: All right, should we go ahead and get into a uh,
1: Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, oh.
2: Jeff, did you ha- you didn't have a low point?
1: No, I, we hadn't watched enough right. um, movies this week. Okay, like, that's well, what I thought, but movies. I wasn't sure. Yeah.
0: Let's do some uh, Rotten Tomatoes background for uh, Prince of Darkness. Let me pull this up. There we go. Poking around in a church cellar, a priest, Donald Pleasance, finds an otherworldly vial filled with slime. Frightened, he brings his discovery to a circle of top scholars and scientists who eventually learn that the strange liquid is the essence of Satan. The slime then begins to seep out, turning some of the academics into zombified killers. As the possessed battle of the survivors, student Kelly is infected by a large quantity of the liquid and becomes Satan personified. Obviously, directed and written by John Carpenter. The best to ever do it
2: contrary to tyler's previous review of yeah the ward
0: it's i don't i don't blame john for the ward uh you know what i don't know who this jake euchre guy is from wichita kansas on rotten tomatoes but he didn't even leave a review that coward he just said one out of five <laughs> i'll find him uh so some of our rotten reviews uh, john carpenter seems to be hovering between cold-eyed mechanical fear making and horror camp Another one, it all feels so small and inconsequential, words that should definitely not apply to a film seemingly about the end of the world. And this one, it's a new and improved Liquid Satan. <laughs> I, it will become very apparent that I heartily disagree with all of those. Absolutely. Uh, other than Liquid Satan, because Liquid Satan rules, but yes, he is present. What <laughs> did you guys like about this movie?
1: Can I share, real quick, one of my favorite reviews from the Google Play Store yes, for this movie? Yes, that's right. I forgot we were <clears> going to start doing that. I like this movie. It is good. When I get the chance, I will find it and buy it. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> one from February 13th. Uh, so she watched this just before Valentine's Day for some reason. One star. Silly. <laughs> Satan is in a goo container? I mean, come on. That's another one. (laughs) I thought there were more funny ones, but I ran out. Yeah.
0: It's all good. So why do we disagree with those reviews? What do we like about John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness?
2: Uh, I mean, everything.
0: Where do you start?
2: Yeah. Jeff, do you want to start us off somewhere?
1: Uh, I really like Donald Pleasance.
2: Impossible not to.
1: Yeah. Right. He is a... um, I don't know how to describe his presence in these horror movies. Um, he is both way too calm and way too excited for every situation. And he just kind of like waffles between the two. But mm-hmm. for some reason, it like grounds the movies. You know what I mean? Like, he's he, always like, like kind of like tensely looking around the corner. But like not with his mouth open. he's just like, mm, right. He mm. like, yeah, you could tell
2: he's tense. But at the same time, like he gives off a very calming presence in movies like if you have him on screen you're like okay things are going to be all right you yeah. can I almost say he has a very most... he has a very calming pleasance.
0: <laughs> his, his presence is pleasance. i get it i i think this is his most reserved role i don't oh, know how definitely. you guys feel about that At I... least, okay i'm sure some of his other things like duke of new york like all his like acting high class <laughs> roles that he's had <laughs> I'm sure that he has much more reserved roles there, but as far as like our web of knowledge of Donald Pleasance, this is his most reserved role for sure.
2: Definitely, but it works. It it mm-hmm. really works.
0: I <clears throat> <clears throat> kind of just talking about characters in general. I like the balance between him and Victor Wong in this movie.
2: Yes, I, I
1: love Victor Wong in this movie. What I really like about his role, and and I think Carpenter does a good job of this in general, but. Um, I I like. Well, so correct me if I'm wrong. Is Victor Wong the professor? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I like that he he is Asian, but his identity as a character is not necessarily Asian. Like I feel that like there there are other movies that would do this that. I don't know, just would make it really hokey. And so I like that he is just able to like be the professor and able mm-hmm. to be the role. And I think also he he and Donald Pleasance, like you said, <clears throat> that's just one element, but he and Donald Pleasance have such a great yin and yang for this movie because he's the science and Donald Pleasance is the, the faith. And so they have kind of the symbiotic, like neither one of them really trusts the whole of what the other person is doing, but they, they respect their approach. Right. And so they make a good team for what this movie is trying to accomplish. I also really it does- like...
0: That, sorry, finish, finish your point. No, no, just, no, my just, point parlays really well into yours.
1: <laughs> this movie, and I'll hopefully I'm not stepping on your toes here, but <clears throat> this movie does a really good walk between is this a satanic movie or is this a science fiction movie, right? And so, like, it's a, it's a fun... I don't even know if it's necessarily a genre melding, but, like, there's elements of both, and both of them work really well in conjunction with what they're trying to do here.
0: Yeah, and kind of on that same note... Uh, Donald Pleasance and Victor Wong, their interactions are really interesting because Donald Pleasance, while being the priest and the man of faith, he is more analytic, while Victor Wong is the scientist, is more philosophical. Um, Both of their attitudes seem to match the other's profession better. And I just think that's a really, really fun and interesting character note that they included. Yeah,
1: I totally agree.
0: And while we're talking cast, I, I have a question. And Jeff, I don't know if you've seen this other movie I'm going to bring up. Which movie is more of, like, the quote-unquote Avengers of John Carpenter uh, as far as his cast is concerned? This or The Fog?
1: Oh, I don't know enough about The Fog. Oh, man. Doesn't The Fog have Jamie Lee Curtis, though?
0: The Fog has Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Atkins, Adrian Barbeau, Nancy Kyes, um, who is... uh... Linda? No, not Linda. The other Um, one. Annie, Annie yeah, Brackett. Annie, there you go. Um, in Halloween, um, is there anybody else? And Carpenter himself. Yeah, I, but
2: there's I one. You another one you're forgetting. I can't think of his name now because he's also in They Live.
0: Uh, oh, oh, uh, that's right. Buck Flower, of course. Buck Flower. Yes. I, I almost think a Buck Flowers inclusion alone is what might cement the fog, but this this is a next level Carpenter cast with so, Dennis Dunn, Victor Wong, and Donald Pleasance. Yeah,
2: so I think what it comes down to in that is it's more of a it's more of your preference because it's two it's two all star casts uh, of Carpenter actors. So it's like you just pick your poison. I mean, I would say Prince of Darkness is mine just because. I think Donald Pleasance is the deciding factor for me. Yeah. Um, Along with Victor Wong, um, just because Halloween and I like Big Trouble in Little China so much. Um,
0: And that's something else I wanted to say. Imagine if Kurt Russell had also been in this movie.
2: (laughs) Kurt Russell, avid religion denier in this movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man.
1: No, come on. No, Satan. No. (laughs) You're telling me there's a thing of goo in there that's just full of Satan? I don't know about that. Uh,
0: it's, uh, this old green tube of goo. You telling me that's old Beelzebub himself? No, sir, I don't think so. Not today. <laughs> 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 also, also the fog loses points because Tom Atkins
2: doesn't have a mustache. No mustache.
0: It, so. We do have Tom Atkins Jr. in this movie, though. Uh, in our, uh, our lead role, uh, mm-hmm. just the blonde dude with the mustache. Like, very clearly... John Carpenter would be like, "Yeah, hey, you know what you should do, guy. You should you should grow a mustache out, look like my buddy Tom Atkins. I think that'd be really cool. That'd be really cool for this movie, man." What other notes do I have? I have, I have uh, the score. Score.
1: Yeah. Subscribe to our Patreon. It's just Tyler doing this for hours. <laughs> it, <laughs> what Carpenter I, score is this? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love the score in this movie. It's very, like, I think it's Carpenter's best out-and-out, out, like, horror score. It has the gothic elements. It uh, brings in the synth sci-fi elements. Mm-hmm. That's not saying I think it's better than Halloween or more effective than Halloween, but I think this is your, like, your Vincent Price-type horror movie. I, I don't know. Your your typical horror like what well, you would imagine as a horror soundtrack, this is it.
2: Right. Well, it's kind of like what Jeff touched on earlier. This the score really dances the line
0: between sci-fi and horror. And mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it work so well. Absolutely. And kind of... I, I kind of want to go in a different direction, but on the same topic. This movie is my favorite approach to religious horror because it dances on that line of sci-fi. And it takes... Catholicism which everyone's familiar with, obviously um, but like it, two of us Catholicism
1: are, never heard of it. <laughs> two of
0: us are like intimately familiar with Catholic teaching. It turns it into a lovecraft story. This is cosmic horror with just your your Catholic teaching. It's incredible. it's so cool. Satan is a bottle of goo. Uh, trapped in a church, and uh, which is in L.A. for whatever reason, they decide to move him out there after years in Rome. Um, <laughs> who knows why? Who cares? Um, I've lost my point, but I, uh, I'm a little tuned up. But I really love uh, love where this story goes and just the take it has on uh, on like Catholicism and religious horror. I would agree with that. Also, the anti-God who walked the earth before the earth was created.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Satan's dad being anti-God is a very funny
0: <laughs> direction it's, to go in. It's a dumb name, but it's really good. Like, it just
1: works. It's a dumb name, but there's also a name in the Bible that's just Antichrist. so I mean, it's not like it comes from nowhere. <laughs> yeah, true. We, by, by the way, we definitely had like a 20 to 30 minute comp text conversation about the Antichrist <laughs> while we were talking about this movie. Fellas, is it gay to be the Antichrist? <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'd be surprised of what you can find out there on the internet. That sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I don't we, think any of our 30 listeners will be offended.
0: That's true. <laughs> More, I'm just saying we weren't finding... Videos depicting the Antichrist. There were uh, multiple think pieces (laughs) stating that the Antichrist would be gay.
2: I frequently Google Antichrist clapping cheeks.
1: (laughs) Antichrist kicked up. (laughs) I
0: can't can't do it. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be a fun episode to edit.
1: What do you, uh, do we have anything that we think it could have done better?
0: Oh, but I still have other things that I liked about it. Okay. Um, anyway, they straight up say Jesus was an alien, which rules and is hilarious and just works with this movie so well. But also, what I wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about the cinematography a little bit. And it's not necessarily Dean Cundy, like, it's not quite the same as his work. Uh, and Dean Cundy is who did, um, Halloween he has done mm. uh, a ton of other stuff he d- has done most of Spielberg stuff uh, Dean cundy is one of the biggest names in cinematography uh, going back uh, probably not as much now but the uh, the guy who did cinematography cinematography for this movie was uh, Gary Kibby or Kib uh, and I feel like he's pretty integral to carpenter's entire aesthetic Because his stuff was like riffing on Cundy's style, but he makes it his own signature with the really weird stuff that uh, Carpenter does. Because let me pull up some of the other movies that uh, Gary Kibbe has done for Carpenter. Uh, He did Prince of Darkness, In the Mouth of Madness, They Live, Escape from L.A., Ghosts of Mars, which uh, we don't need to talk about. Um, What other movies did he do? Yeah, Village of the Damned, Body Bags of Vampires... And I believe, I don't remember if it was him or kundi that did Big Trouble in Little China. Riley, do you remember that off the top of your head? I believe it was kundi That was Dean Cundy. So, And that's the thing, Like, I feel like Big Trouble in Little China, the visual style in that is so similar to the stuff in here and so much of other Carpenter films, so many other Carpenter films. And that really goes to show what Gary Kibbe did to uh, really cement Carpenter's signature style that we all recognize. Because Cundy established it, but I think Gary like, really is who made it Carpenter's signature look.
2: I can agree with that.
0: Which, by the way, the ward does not have it. The ward has the uh, person doing cinematography for Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness, uh, which that doesn't have me feeling too great but the cinematography just looked like a knockoff conjuring in the ward and it just it it hurt it just didn't maybe he's learned he's learned
2: a lot since then
0: let's hope so all right so things that things that we think this movie could have improved on what do you have for me jeff i feel like you're going to be the one who has
1: the most (laughs) um i expected alice cooper to do more um he wrote a whole song man what what? more do you want well just in the movie took off his makeup (laughs) well it's funny so this is the first time i've ever seen this movie this is the first time watch for me and i had heard alice cooper is in it and i was like oh alice cooper in a john Carpenter movie that'll be very interesting and realistically he doesn't really have much of a role i mean he's i mean he's like the leader of the bums yeah, but like, does he even? I'm trying to even remember if he has a big confrontation with anybody in particular. Uh, he stabs a guy. Yeah, that's that's a pretty big confrontation. <laughs> but there's no
0: like some of the biggest confrontation you can have. <laughs> some might say stabbing unspoken
1: people. stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't All know in the I mean, eyes. I, and also, the way that,
0: the dude falls in that stabbing is so cool.
1: Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't want to piss off carpenter levers. But there there are times in this movie that, um, like, part of the charm and part of the downfall of, of any movie kind of like this is its goofiness.
0: You got a problem uh, with John Carpenter's goofiness. You got a problem with me, and I suggest you let that one marinate.
1: <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, this, this movie knows exactly what it is, right? This movie is sort of the goofy 80s. It's not schlocky necessarily, but there's just a lot of of these old, I don't know how to describe it exactly. It's just a very specific style. And so I think that if that style is not 100% your bag, this movie drags a little bit. Um, I I found myself at times checking out just a little bit. Um, but, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily, I don't know, it could be a personal watching thing. But I, I definitely thought there are times that I thought the action was moving slower than it should have.
0: I I think this one is just more of a slow burn than a lot of other Carpenter flicks, because the the payoff is phenomenal, and yeah, I definitely. think there's enough going throughout the movie to keep you engaged while you wait for that big uh, that big payoff. Which that also big, that big meaty claw coming. That big the <laughs> meaty claw. We also didn't talk about something else. I think this movie did really well. But this is the dream. <laughs> I'm I on two like separate mics right now, but I just uh it, on playback, I completely blew out my audio uh <laughs> recording mic for that one, so this I apologize listeners this is a recording one nine
1: nine nine I love Got that it.
0: bit so much
1: I don't know my list of things I don't like is pretty short um, yeah I do overall like it pretty well
0: so i I do have a couple a couple nits to pick with this movie though uh basically just ignore any discussions on science in this movie (laughs) (laughs) that's fine just let him go i would agree with that um and then how did you guys feel about dennis dunn's character uh which one was he hold on uh dennis dunn is um is i one of the the students oh 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 yeah walter yeah, yeah, I forget his name in Big Trouble in Little China now. Wang, Wang Chi, yeah, God, yeah, uh, that shows me that it's time for uh, watch number fifteen. It's been too long.
2: <laughs> how do I feel about his performance? Yeah, or how just do you his f- character? just
0: the character, not necessarily the performance, because he he performs it well. It's the same performance he gives in Big Trouble in Little China. But what do you think about just how Walter was written? Well, I think
2: anytime you write a character to get stuck in a closet for a third of the movie. I think you've written it poorly. Yeah, <laughs> um, Cause I, of that all-star cast that we have, I mean, he could have, he could have done a whole lot more or, you know, yeah. you know, shined a whole lot brighter.
0: My main point is that everything that Carpenter did with Dennis Dunn and Wang in Big Trouble in Little China, he kind of undoes here with uh, Walter Because in Big Trouble in Little China, he was the hero while your big action movie uh, jacked hero looking guy, your traditional hero, Jack Burton, he's the sidekick who doesn't know what he's doing uh, and the comic relief. While Wang ends up being the hero when you expect him to be the sidekick, where here he totally gets reduced to comic relief, the stereotypical Asian character in a movie like this, and then he gets shut in a closet.
1: It was definitely a disservice to how well we know he can act. Um, and it is it is weird that Carpenter wrote him that way. Um, I was expecting him to have more of the mustache guy's role, mm-hmm. just because he was more well-known. But For sure. And
0: maybe, maybe this was Carpenter's attempt to do what he did with uh, Wang and Dennis Dunn. For the guy with the mustache, but it just never took off. Who knows? Well,
2: yeah. yeah I mean, it, he could have, John could have written uh, Walter's role with it before, you know, he probably wrote it before casting uh, Dennis Dunn. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it could have been one of those things like, hey, Dennis, I got a part for you. If you want it, we'd love to have you on, you know, have you in the movie. It could have just been one of those things.
0: That's true. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. But overall, like, it doesn't it doesn't do a huge disservice to the movie. It's just, it's one of those like few things that kind of takes away from it.
2: Just, it just leaves you wanting more really. I, I wouldn't <laughs> say it's bad. It's just, I, you, you watch it and go, I wish I could have seen more from him.
0: Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and move into our standout and let down scenes. And I have my standout ready to go. Uh, I don't know if you guys do. Okay.
2: Yeah. Fired off.
0: Uh, so mine is going to be the peak of Carter's possession. Uh, and Carter is the black mm-hmm. scientist as Carter is walking up the stairs, laughing and crying and singing amazing grace before jamming it or breaking a chair leg off and jamming it into his neck. It's unbelievable. That's the best possession performance in the movie. And just that's where this movie really actually gets creepy and Carpenter flexes his horror muscles. Cause really, I, a lot of this, if you're a fairly seasoned horror watcher, which I feel like if you reach the point that you're watching the Prince of Darkness, uh, level or the Prince of Darkness tier John Carpenter movies, um, because th- that's not the movie everyone knows him for. If you've found those sort of other deeper Carpenter cuts, feel like you're going to be pretty seasoned and there's not a lot in here that can creep you out, but that scene with Carter really, really works
2: for sure. Um, Standout scene. Oh, this is tough. Um, hmm. Jeff, go ahead.
1: I mean, I really liked when they bring, like, the cylinder to Kelly um, and basically have Satan, like, come into her and, like, her whole, like, insides basically turn out and she's just, like, the dripping... Like, the I thought that was, like, a good, gross, gruesome... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. ...carpenter effect um, that I think is, if you see this movie talked about like on Twitter is like the thing that's like always like retweeted is that like gross image of her like reaching out. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very like specific, you know?
2: Yeah. I think, I think mine's similar. I think it's going to be when she's pulling the whatever big daddy devil. uh, (laughs) Big time devil dad. Yeah. And Donald Pleasant's like hacks off her arm and she piccolos Mm -hmm. it and grows it back. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but that's, it's just, you know, you get to your payoff there, and it and it's such a good payoff that the end of the world is on the brink, and
0: they end up saving the day. But they don't. Or do they? Or do they? They certainly the, do not.
2: The end?
0: <laughs> uh, Kind of an honorable mention, and on that note, I do, just a single shot that's so haunting and much more artful than probably anything else in this movie. Like, a true, like, a twenty-four style horror shot. Um, that shot of Catherine after she goes through the mirror to the other side, and it's oh, just yeah, like, like floating there in the and... darkness. Yeah, mm-hmm. really, just haunting shot. And it's so weird that it's p- just tossed into this movie, which I love and is very good. But that's not the style of movie that this is.
1: Yeah, definitely agree.
2: All right, uh, letdown scenes.
1: Mm. I think I. It's have hard. One.
0: It's hard.
2: I think we kind of touched on it earlier, but I think I'm just going to kind of go with uh, Dennis Dunn being trapped in the closet. Um, I was a
0: leaning that way as well.
2: Yeah. It wasn't quite as long as R. Kelly's version, but it <laughs> felt pretty
0: long. It's still up there. Yeah.
2: Um, like, I feel like we got, like, a few too many shots of them chipping away at the wall.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean... That's just for accuracy's sake. You know how long it takes to get through a It would just
2: appear like a chunk of metal (laughs) on a board.
0: (laughs) A desk leg just hacking away at it. It speaks to the movie's realism. That's true. (laughs) This is is actually a work of (laughs) nonfiction. It's a documentary. Yeah. The world ended in 1999. This is all a recording. This is not a dream. All right, so I'm I'm going to agree with you, Riley, and then also I'm going to toss in the early scenes um, between Catherine and Tom Atkins Jr. when they're kind of just, like, establishing their relationship and Tom Atkins Jr. is just being incredibly sexist.
2: Just going to go ahead and call him Atkins Diet.
0: Yeah, Atkins Diet. Not to be confused with the actual Tom Atkins Diet, which is just pounding whiskey.
2: <laughs> Alcohol and sex, the Tom Atkins Diet.
0: <laughs> Oh, oh, to be a lost episode of this podcast. If only people could hear our Halloween three episode. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeff, what about you?
1: I think it's got to be the same thing. Um, That's a, that's an example of when I was talking about scenes, scenes that took too long or like why this movie felt in spaces, like it was just too slow. Like that would be a great example of a scene that just took a really long time. Yeah, and like I like I like all the different positions and how they all basically are spitting in each other's mouth. You know. You like all Which,
0: the different positions? Hell yeah.
1: R.I.P. My favorite activity pre-COVID. Um, <laughs> different positions, spitting in mouths.
0: <laughs> a gay antichrist. Just is a blast in my this boy's With particles.
1: <laughs> Can't do anything these days. Um, no, I mean I think I. I feel like I was going to bring that up in a part that I liked, but I liked that all of the possessions are basically like putting the liquid, you know, into different people. Um there's a character um in Yen, uh plays I think Lisa who is just rocking the most 80s fit of all time. Oh like, yeah. The giant suit jacket with the rolled up sleeves. Um The Don Johnson. So yeah. So I just I respect this movie's like you know time capsule was
2: was she the the one translating the scripture yes That's just going to town on the computer
1: yeah you will not be saved by your god plutonium
2: yeah
0: which what a line like just that shot of the computer just scrolling through that and then the it's the i am alive or is it i live i don't remember which which phrasing they use for it I don't remember. But I love everything with a computer in here. Let's go ahead and move into our Domhnall Gleeson for this movie, though. Who'd you guys
1: want more of? I mean, I think it's kind of the same thing. I wanted more than it's done. I yeah. think, I think that's the recurring um, theme.
0: I So I am mm. going to agree with that, but I'm also going to throw in Carter just because it, mm. Carter is the best performance in this movie.
2: Yeah, I think, it, I think it would have been cool to make him more of a, prominent possessed person like Mm -hmm. he's like a looming threat the whole time
0: because after he he he's so imposing with just how creepy he is and unsettling but after he does his bit on the stairs he just sits there and laughs in the mirror the whole time which also like in its own right is very creepy but it also kind of sidelines him for the rest of the movie right okay so all right so before we get into ratings we are going to talk about should we go ahead and pull up a list? Yeah, that, and, that we sure. all have to Let's... use? Yeah, that sounds like a plan. All right. We are going to be drafting our favorite three or we're just each going to be drafting three possession movies off of a we're gonna do screen rants, ten best possession movies. And that image does not give me hope unless it's one of uh, one of the mainline movies and not the spinoff but here we go let's go ahead and pull up our random number generator you guys give me one between uh one and twenty. Seven. Thirteen. and i'm gonna go four generate it was four so it's Fuck going you. to be
1: me jeff Riley.
0: i i it's i i can't uh
1: i don't control it man you kind of do but that's Ch- okay. Chaos Magic? So, Wait, is this is this really ranking them? Uh
0: it's screen rant and I just wanted to go off of a list that we have to work with. So, I'm going to read through it for the audience. Our options are The Exorcist, The Conjuring, Paranormal Activity, Rosemary's Baby, Insidious, The Evil Dead 1981 and 2013. Sure, why not? Let's stick them both on there. So this is 11 movies. Veronica The Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, and Ouija Origin of Evil. This can't be ranking them, but this is what we're going with. All right, so out the gate, after the dogs are quiet, hold on. I am going to have to take, because I've mentioned it so many times, I'm going to take Evil Dead
1: 2013. All right, all right, Jeff. Evil Dead 2013 is a good pick. Um, I actually have not seen everything on this list. So uh, I'm only picking from stuff I actually have seen. Uh, I'm going to pick The Conjuring. Um, that's probably one of my favorites. I think not only does it have um, like the element of like true story to it, um, but it also kicks off an entire Conjuring universe. And so I think The Conjuring is probably up there even in one of my favorite Possession movies of all time for sure.
2: Uh, one thing I love about the Conjuring universe, well, especially the, I'll, they destroyed this character with its own movie, but the nun in the first two Conjuring movies as like an overarching character was really well done, I mm-hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, I, my first pick, uh, I'm going to go with one I just watched for the first time this month. I'm going with The Exorcist. Yeah, um, I figured you would. This movie freaking rules. Um, yeah, it's, it's just awesome. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about that movie.
0: Yeah. I have recently reappraised it and enjoyed it much more this time. I still am going to give the edge to Exorcist 3, though.
2: What's wild in that one is they make Max Bondisnow old with makeup. <laughs> and it's just so weird thinking, like, it's well, he's so just strange. super old Yeah, he's just really old now.
0: (laughs) Is he still old? I think, I think it's a big RIP to Max von Sydow. Is it? I think he passed. I think we lost him.
2: Oh well, big RIP if if he is no longer with us. His character died, so.
0: (laughs) Anyway, gonna go ahead and just move right past that. Um, I'm taking Insidious for my number two pick. Ah, damn it. Yes, I actually no, that's okay. That leaves
2: okay. I'm fine with that. That's one I really need to revisit. I think the last time I watched that was like freshman year of college.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was because that was the time at my house, which uh, if you listen to Jeff and I's appearance on Nightmare Junkhead for In the Mouth of March Madness, uh, I recounted that entire story and why that movie is incredibly traumatic, but also one of my favorites. (laughs)
2: All right, Jeff, pick number two.
1: I'm going to go with... Uh, Paranormal Activity um, Only because Paranormal Activity Was 2007 So I would have been 16 or 17 And I thought it was real I thought it was real found footage Because I had not really experienced <laughs> like Blair Witch Project So this was my first found footage movie And thought it was real And was freaked the fuck out um, So I have a very, exp- I, you know, very specific experience I still experience. stand
2: by that the third one Is the
1: scariest one I've seen I think I've only seen one and two I don't think I've actually seen three I'll have to check three it out. Three is I'm a, pretty damn scary.
0: Yeah. I,
2: that was the one Tyler and I screamed
1: in the theater.
0: Yes, that's the exact one I'm thinking of. Oh, my God. Three is scary as hell. I'll
1: have to check it out. I'm a the huge fan. The end of three
0: is just gnarly. Not gnarly, but it it's so...
1: It just it just it goes the speed
0: for it. it
2: picks the, the rate of speed it picks up at towards the end is just bonkers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I need to rewatch that one because I Are haven't they, revisited it since we did that.
1: Are they tied together? Yes. Yes. I believe so. Okay. I have to visit
2: the timeline, but... um, Okay. Well, I'm glad this made it because I actually enjoy this movie more than the sequel, which is maybe not the most popular take. Um, I'm going with 1981 Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, I love, love, love the original. Um, Ever since we watched it on our Netflix party... Uh, I think that was, Ty, was that for
0: your birthday? It was for my birthday.
2: Yeah, that, that was uh, the time.
0: my COVID birthday when we thought that we'd be out of all this like a month <laughs> yeah. later. Hey, maybe that we, was in guys, maybe we
2: can meet up at Tapcade when all this is over.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> oh, that, that, is... that was our plan for that like was July.
2: Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. like,
1: okay,
0: cool. We're all going to be through this by July, and we can get together at Tapcade and see each other in person.
1: Oh man, that's sad.
0: And we're still in it. <laughs> Be crazy if there was just like one person that we could really pin all of this back to who uh, really contributed God. to why this has taken off in our country. We may never know who knows. All right. So for my third pick, my final pick, I am going to go with uh, Ouija origin of evil because it actually is a very solid horror movie. The original mm-hmm. is not good, um, but it's a, uh, it's a prequel sequel, but it rules. It is so, so good. I watched this back when I was um, when I was a live-in at Lloyd in Kansas City. Uh, very incredibly, incredibly regional, uh, and few people actually know, like, where that refers <laughs> to. But I watched that in the garage. Uh, if anybody is familiar with our drinking garage, I just shut the garage door and watched it in the dark in the middle of the day, and it was terrifying. Jeff, final pick.
1: I'm. I thought I picked three already. Hold on. Wait. No. You should have. You, no? you did conjuring and uh, parental oh. activity. Okay. Well, the only shit. Um. I'll pick Rosemary's Baby. Ah, damn it. Yeah. Um. It says it in this list, but it actually is a really good part, which is the fact that you never actually see the baby. Um. Which I always thought was really interesting. You're just seeing Mia Farrow's reaction to it all the time. Uh which I promise I did not just steal that from the list, but it's very true <laughs> about that movie.
0: I mean, that's, that's the whole thing with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. So what do I have left? I have to pick between Veronica <laughs> and the, the exorcism Amityville horror? Emily Rose. Oh, Uh-oh. and Amityville horror. Wait. Oh, no, you already picked that. Yeah. Cause hey. evil dead was two movies. That's right.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh boy. Um, I haven't seen any of them. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pick Exorcism of Emily Rose because I feel like I've heard a lot about this movie. I couldn't tell you if it's been good or bad, but of those three, I feel like I've heard the most about The Exorcism of Emily Rose.
0: A quick note in the list says The Exorcism of Emily Rose plays the science versus religion card harder than any possession movie, and I will challenge you on that screen yeah, please,
2: please run this episode back and you will find out that they are wrong.
0: so everyone else being wrong on this movie and us being right let's go ahead and give our rating for john carpenter's the prince of darkness or just prince of darkness i'm not sure
1: jeff you go start us out i am a six and
2: a half Whoa, there friend
0: (laughs) (laughs) we'll go uh next uh next highest score i'm this one's sitting right at an eight for me oh man it always so Floats between an eight and a nine, and it almost always depends on if I've watched this or In the Mouth of Madness more recently. Those two just always kind of switch for me.
2: Gotcha. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm going with nine. Yeah, um, I I stand this movie very hard. Um, <laughs> I couldn't put it at a 10 because I have Carpenter's other like you know bangers at a 10, like Halloween, The Thing, Big Trouble, in Little China. It's not quite on that level but I love everything about this movie. I could watch mm-hmm. it. 50, I, this, this would be like my Hocus Pocus of October.
0: I think that's a great way to describe it. It's It's one of Carpenter's better movies, but just, like, just misses out on being the Halloween, the thing, the Big Trouble in Little China type movie. But still, if you haven't watched this one, give it a watch. It's absolutely worth your time, and it is perfect for this time of year. Anyway... That's all we've got. This has been another episode of Who the Hell is This For? Thank you guys for listening and keep enjoying your spooky season.